Hello, welcome to the Cedric Podcast. I'm Jonathan Mast, and today our guest is Kendall Biggs, Senior Fire Investigator at EFI Global, also Northwest Fire Services Team Lead for Fire Science and the Principal Practice Lead for Wildland. So a long title, but uh, a great guest. So Kendall, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, obviously, wildfires have been in the news now for, unfortunately, it seems like way too long and doesn't seem like it's going away. I know where I live, it's been over 100 degree heat index now for days and my yard's already kind of crackling and gone. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about your role at, at EFI and your expertise and experience. And, and obviously with your titles, we, we can see you do a lot of things for the organization. Yeah, thank you. Uh, as the team lead for the, our Northwest Service Center, I uh, am responsible for fire investigators for Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, and Alaska. They're basically their first uh, line of defense and also for uh, just supervisory purposes. Recently, we have done a reorganization with our wildfire uh, program and was offered the opportunity to be the practice lead for basically all things wildfire for EFI Global United States. So the has grown ex exponentially since then. Uh, I started with the company in 2016 when I retired a little bit early uh, from a 26 and a half year career in law enforcement. I kind of say that I didn't get enough of the lights and sirens, so I decided to volunteer uh, as a firefighter EMT for my local fire department for 17 years. That really gave me a good background, not only from you know a criminal investigation standpoint, but also being able to understand fire a little bit uh, better. It's kind of a unique uh, position to be in. A lot of our people currently working at EFI Global and as fire investigators now come from a background, usually a career uh, in the fire service or from law enforcement, but not always a combination of the two. So that's pretty much my roles right now in the company. And definitely we are growing and expanding in our offerings uh, to our clients as as well as the continuing of doing the things that, that we are well known for being able to do on a very high level. Well, and one of those things definitely has been uh, wildfires. And, you know, as we talk about that, how, tell the audience, how have wildfires evolved over the, the last decade? Um, you know, what has caused this increase, at least in, in your expertise and experience? It's kind of a combination of a number of things that have evolved over the last few years, um, either from forest um, forestry activity or, or lack thereof, um, infrastructure with power distribution, definitely climate. Um, we're having our fire seasons generally now looking like they're going to start a month earlier than they typically do and likely go for, you know, a month later. Having, you know, high temperatures, low humidity, and in some cases what we experienced in Oregon uh, in 2020 was an unseasonably high wind event that basically blew up a lot of the small fires and they became large conflagrations. So it's a combination of, of a number of things. 
um, as far as suppression and access to them, the more fires you have, the more people you need to fight them. Uh, certainly in the the media uh, in the last month or two that there's been, you know, significant discussion about the lack and availability of firefighters and the concerns that a lot of state, federal, and, and local agency have in being able to get people out there to suppress them. And, and would it be also accurate to say that, unfortunately, uh, humans continue to contribute to uh, a lot of these accidents? It seems like always hearing about somebody doing something unfortunate and Smokey the Bear, I guess, still plays a role, right? If you can prevent forest fires? Yeah, Smokey the Bear definitely plays a, a role still. And human-caused wildfires are, are no uh, exception there. The outdoor burning, vegetative burning, um, even, you know, your wilderness campground where folks are not fully making sure that the fire is out before they leave and then it rekindles and blows embers into vegetation and then the fire goes from there. So education all the way around in many different components plays a large role in helping to reduce and mitigate wildland fires. When you think back on your career so far about what's one of the most successful case studies you could share with us how did it positively impact the individual or organization's uh, life and I'm sure you have a lot of good outcomes as well in the things you do. I think when I look back on it I I don't see any one specific um, assignment that has stood out. What I find is that there's a culmination of a lot of good uh, work done um in in the past in the public service you dealt with uh people that were in trauma they're experiencing life-changing events um at right then and there and some of that ability to help people um get through a traumatic event carries over now into you know my private sector work where i may be the first human that has caused or called um, and uh, insured due to their loss, or I'm the first person that might show up on scene, and they're looking for answers. They want answers as to why this fire event occurred at their home or their business or some way that they've been impacted by it. So being able to consistently do that uh, throughout my time has given me a, a sense of purpose and know that what I bring to the table or to the lost site itself has meaning, uh, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I, that is that I come away with is I still get to help people and help them with uh, whatever part of the claim that I'm involved in, and then hopefully get them on the right path to be able to get themselves back to whole. When we look at uh, what organizations can do before a wildfire to protect their infrastructure assets and employees what are what are the things you recommend you know giving those tips now to people listening oh that's a that's a great question um the simple answer is prevention 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 uh we're not going to be able to change the weather tomorrow what we can do today is begin to prepare for the possibility that we may find ourselves uh in a wildfire type of an event some good things to do is being able to look at the property that you're on, 
say, hey, uh, if a fire were to occur and come toward my property, is my property defensible? Is there a good chance that my my house is going to survive? And what are some of the things that I could do to help ensure um, that, that I give my property the best opportunity for survival? And part of that is just looking around your property and saying, and it's not a good idea to have the wood pile up against the side of the house. It's not good to have my propane tank within 30 feet of the structure. Um, some of those prevention measures help uh, alleviate or mitigate some of the, the threats of a wildfire. Think about if you are a business person and you are operating a business in there. We know that many of our, the fires uh, start small but eventually get big. Uh, do you have your people that are trained on how to use a fire extinguisher? Do you have an evacuation plan, uh, routes, ingress, egress? How are you going to get out of there? Have if it's a, one of those situations where it's a go now, where you need to evacuate immediately, do you have some light resources available to you, such as a 72-hour pack that's got food, some water, your medications, important documents uh, that you can take with you so that if that you're going to be gone for a while, you could at least be self-sustaining uh, and taking some of those steps to prepare your household, uh, whether it's a you know, not just your business and your employees, but also your personal family members. Um, what are you going to do with your animals? Are you on a farm? How are you going to get those off the property? Are you going to leave them and hope for the best and come back and, and sort the rest of that part out? So there's a bunch of things that people can do beforehand to minimize uh, the possibility of, of destruction of property and, and obviously um, preservation of human life. Well, and that seems to lead into the next question, which is when businesses are looking at continuity plans, that has to factor in wildfire and fire preparation, I would assume. Yeah, and no business likes to be down for any period of time. So the most that they can do ahead of time to help uh, give them the best opportunity for business survival um, is a good thing. And for the most part, the owners ownership is on them. It's up to them to do it. Nobody's going to really do it for them and being able to take some of those steps. Our goal, you know, basically after the event is is we would like to get people up and running as quick as we can. So our portion of, of a claim may be small. It may be a large involvement, but we would like to see things be as status quo, as it were, as possible. What are the biggest mistakes that you see when you come in uh, after wildfire that organizations maybe should have done during the fire or during a wildfire, which could last for a long time. And then, as you mentioned, you know, helping them uh, pick up the pieces after. So kind of a two-part question there. That's kind of a tough one. Um, not necessarily second-guessing, but Monday morning quarterbacking different events. Um, I think one of the the uh, areas that has the most media attention right now is is basically power companies and their distribution lines, the maintenance, the age of them. Um, and I think we learn a lot uh, through the course of the investigations, uh, and at least locally, regionally, 
we're seeing that there's a, a movement by power companies to uh, make changes to how they they operate, whether they're going to shut down the power during certain times um, and also maintain um, their systems, update them, upgrade them, make them more fire resilient, more weather-driven resilient. And I think that's one of the things, um, at least from that aspect of a potential wildland cause, is going to to be of great benefit to um, everyone in the long term. When we talk about, again, things that organizations can do, explain to the listeners what a defensible, defensible space is and the various zones and combustibles to be aware of. Sure. Um, if you take your, your house itself, uh, the first zone is going to typically be from the home out five feet. So you're looking at what kind of vegetation that you have around the house is tall grass growing right up to the edge of the, the siding of the home. Um, do you have combustible uh, products on the flower bed, such as bark, or do you have rock? And moving out from there, um, from the five foot to 30 foot area, you're looking at what else is around. Uh, where's your wood pile? Do you have any other structures that are close uh, by in that area? Uh, your wood piles, your trees, are the trees well spaced? Um, are the tree, have the trees been limbed out up to at least six to 10 feet? Where you're going to prevent some of those smaller fuels that might be down low being able to climb up into the tree tops themselves and then be able to spread from the top of tree to tree. Looking at those things and then even further out, all the way out to, you know, a hundred feet and beyond. Um, taking a look at water supply. Do you have a uh, agricultural area? Do you have a pond? Do you have a pumping system that could provide water to the property that you can turn on? Um, because the electrical grid does sometimes go down, do you have a generator backup that's able to kick in and be able to continue with some of those things? So the defensible space itself is just making it green and clean around the property so that fire, you know, when it comes and looks at your property, it says, ah, this one's pretty good shape, and then hopefully the fire's going to just move around your property. And it's been interesting to go into some of these wildfire areas and in timbered areas and then see why is this house still standing, but the one right next to it is burnt down. And it all comes back down to the defensible space, making your property less attractive to fire. Well, that's certainly one place where you want the curb appeal to not be good, right? <laughs> With the fire to find your spot. Um, you know, and sometimes the best uh, defense is a good offense. So I know a lot of advances are being made and things to think about. So, so talk about uh, fire-resistant materials, what you're building a business or a home uh, or restoring. What, what can you do now to, uh, in, in addition to the prevention if it gets to that, are there materials and things an organization business can do that will also uh, reduce the chances of damage? There are. Um, in a wildland-prone area, especially in the wilderness, um, shake roofs are no longer recommended, even if you've got some kind of um, spray material that you've, you've placed on it to, to not make it as combustible. Those things are going to dry out very quickly. And the dry roof is just wood on the, the top of the house. 
there are businesses that we've looked at that, you know, are, are concrete, uh, block wall or uh, poured walls. Those certainly are more fire resistant than the wood. So it's a good idea to look into your local builder supply company and your local codes to see what it is you can place on it. There's a lot of information online that a person can, can sit at their their own uh, desk and take a look at and come up with a list of items that that are recommended and approved within your local area. Well, as, as we wrap up, uh, a lot of great information, and, and you mentioned a little bit at the beginning about all the things that EFI brings, uh, EFI Global. But as as we close out, if people are listening, uh, what what services are provided to support organizations before, during, and after a wildfire? All three are going to be needed. Absolutely. During, we have a list of, of people that are available from our catastrophic response team who have gotten a lot of experience uh, in hurricanes and wind-driven events, ice storms that uh, are available to help um, the adjusters be able to process their claims quickly and efficiently and be able to to build that. Um, all the way after the fire um, event, we have building consultants. We're able to help manage programs through our, uh, our colleagues within our Sedgwick uh, parent company. Before the fire, uh, typically in the private sector, there's not a lot of, of proactive uh, work and in, especially in the area of prevention. What EFI Global is doing now is that we're looking at that and saying, is there an opportunity for us to be able to, to offer something to clients? And we've been able to determine that there is. And we just had our first um, on-site pre-fire assessment for a client where we were able to get one of our wildfire people to the property take a look at it, see uh, how defensible it is, what are some things that the client is doing well, and what are some things that we would recommend uh, that they do to help mitigate their loss. So we're pretty excited about moving uh, part of the wildfire division into a prevention aspect, and I think that's where we're going to see uh, a good deal of success especially for us individuals that are out there working, knowing that we were able to help prevent something instead of being reactive. We're, we often show up only because there's a problem. So we're looking forward for being able to uh, finalize those programs and get them up and running. Well, Kendall, thank you so much. Uh, great information. And as always, this is one of those things that I know even you hope that and at least the after part, you, you don't want to have to see people, but we know they're going to happen, and we hope that this has helped people be prepared. And if you're interested to learn more, just stay tuned because there will be more information coming and resources where you can find them. So, Kendall, thanks for being our guest today, and uh, have a great day.